We begin today with a short debate about what is in the Bible and then, of course, what isn't. We ponder the nature of the word childish and the value of plain peekaboo. I cite an article from the Washington Post, and we're reminded that this is a difficult subject for some people, all on the way to answering the question, what kind of parent is God? Welcome to the Sky Pilot Podcast that explores questions of faith, spirituality, and religion. I'm Dan Matthews, and I don't have all the answers, but I do enjoy the questions. Welcome to the podcast where every question is an invitation into a spiritual quest, and you're invited along for the journey. One of the ways in which we describe God is as our parent. Now, as soon as I say that, I can hear some people screaming across the internet, no, Dan, not parent. God is described as father. Stop being so politically correct and start focusing on being accurate. Well, in this case, it's not so much about paying attention to modern sensibilities, but more in the interest of being, well, biblically accurate. And, well, maybe pastorally sensitive as well, but more on that later. There are plenty of feminine images used to describe the nature of God in the Bible. Jesus himself uses a few, and then the book of Isaiah has quite a few. Isaiah 66, 13 describes God as the mother who will be of comfort. Isaiah 49, 14 describes God like a nursing mother. Isaiah 42, 14 describes God as a mother going through labor pains. Look, this episode is not about feminine images of God used in the Bible. This particular episode is about God's parenting style, so to speak. And I was just aware that using the word parent instead of exclusively using the word father could be troublesome for some, and so I thought I'd explain why I'm using the language that I am. The short answer is because it's biblically accurate. And so I'm going to switch back and forth, sometimes using a gendered term and sometimes not using a word that's more inclusive in terms of several different images like parent. Now, there may be some who would say, yes, but those of us who are Christians are really more interested in what Jesus said than what Isaiah had to say, which really isn't quite accurate, is it? Because one builds on the other. I mean, much of Christian history right up to today has used the book of Isaiah to prove that Jesus is who he says he is. So we will certainly use the words of Jesus. I just wanted to be clear that expanding the way we talk about God as parent is not only okay, but is actually biblically accurate. But let's look at a particular case of what Jesus does have to say about God as a parent. And let's talk about what is probably the most famous of those. More than once, Jesus refers to God as Abba. Now, when I was much younger and still up to today, I've often heard the word Abba from Scripture translated as being equivalent to our word Daddy. More recently, I read a scholar and several people quoting this scholar who was rebelling against this translation. His argument against translating Abba as Daddy is based on a couple of things. First, Abba was not a word, as Daddy is, according to him, that was exclusively used by children. Okay, but anyone who's ever studied language knows that there's never one-to-one correlation. So maybe dad, still an intimate and personal term, would work just as well or better. The other argument against the translation of Abba as daddy is that, according to this scholar, Abba has none of the, and this is his word, childish connotations that the word daddy does. I think 
At this point, we're no longer really discussing the best word to translate for Abba, but now we're discussing the scholar's experience and view of the word daddy. There are, I think, two main definitions for the word childish that he used. The first definition is one that I don't actually think I've ever heard it used this way. The word can simply be a way of describing something as pertaining to or related to being a child. So one could say, with no intention of any value judgment implied, playing peekaboo is a childish game. But even that sounds pretty judgmental, doesn't it? So that brings us to the second definition, the only way I believe I've ever heard the word childish used. The word childish is, as far as I know, pretty much exclusively used to mean silly and immature. So the scholar makes the argument that Abba should not be translated as daddy because of the childish, the silly and immature connotations of the word daddy. Now, I think we've moved out of translation and really moved into what the particular reader understands when they hear God described as being our mother or God described as being our father. We are really talking about whether or not you have positive feelings about the words mother or father or mommy or daddy or mom or dad. It would be nice if everyone had positive images when these words are mentioned, but but for obvious reasons, not everyone does. I have to say, as a parent, from my own personal standpoint, I was often called daddy by my kids when they were growing up, and not one single time did I ever think of their use of that word as disrespectful, silly, or immature. It was an intimate, personal term filled with a sense of connectedness. Now, back to the Bible. The truth is, we can't really argue about whether or not Jesus used the image of parent, in this case, an intimate term for father, to describe God. What we seem to be wondering at this point is not, is God our parent? But since the Bible uses so many images to describe God in this way, the best question is, what kind of parent is God? So I'm reading the Washington Post recently, and I come across an article written by Elizabeth Chang. The title of this article is Slow Koala Crunchy, Your Guide to the World of Parenting Styles. Each of those words, to begin this article title, slow, koala, crunchy, are parenting styles. Like you've heard of helicopter parents, those are also terms to describe parenting styles. Now, I'm not going to go in them. I'm not going to describe them because that isn't the point of this podcast. At the very beginning of the article, there was a diagram, and this diagram shows a continuum of parenting styles that can be described by where you fall in the relationship to two axes on this chart. And now, I'm sure someone somewhere would say, never try to use a chart in a podcast, but I'm going to describe it for you. And for those of you who are visual and will need to see it, I'll post it on Facebook. Or if you prefer, just hang around to the end. I'll give you my email address, as I always do at the end of the podcast. Just send me an email and say, hey, Dan, send me the chart, and I'll be happy to email it to you. So on the chart, there's a double-ended arrow in the middle running up and down. This one runs from the spectrum of high control at the top to low control at the bottom. Then there's another line, the other axes, running left to right, intersecting the first. And this one runs from low support on the left to high support on the right. So the two axes create, in essence, a plus sign and therefore leave four quadrants. The top left quadrant is low support, high control. And that is described on this chart as authoritarian. 
The top right is high control, high support, and is described as authoritative. The bottom left is low control, low support, and it is described as neglectful. The bottom right is low control, high support, and is described as permissive. Now, obviously, you can be anywhere on this chart as a parent, and to varying degrees, but interestingly, there is quite a bit of research now that shows one of the parenting styles to be more, much more effective than the other three, and I'll get to that later. Before we get to that, I want to stop and ask two questions. First, which of these styles do you believe God to be in relationship to you? So just to recap again, as you're beginning to think about how you understand God relates to you, there's low support, high control. That's described as authoritarian. There's high control, high support, and that's described as authoritative. There's low control, low support, and that's described kind of as neglectful. The bottom right is low control, high support, and that's called permissive. Now, if you need to stop this podcast for a moment to ponder that question, I encourage you to do so, but I'm going to move on as if you have come to an answer now already. The second question I want to ask you is who do you believe God to be in relationship to other people? Now, why two questions? Well, because they're intended to help us discover something important. First, a reminder, God is consistent. So if in your own personal understanding of the nature of God, God isn't consistent, and let's be honest, for the vast majority of us, God isn't very consistent. So if God has a different set of rules for you than for everyone else, then that isn't God. That's you. If God has a different set of rules for your family than for everyone else, that's not God. That's you. If God has a different set of rules for your race, for your nation, for your state, for your city, for your church, then that's not God. That's you. Now, I could easily go through this chart and place various belief systems, various denominations or faiths, where they fall in terms of who they understand God to be. But let me give you an example. Bottom left quadrant is low support, low control, and that's pretty much where deism falls. Deism believes in a God who created the universe, but then stepped back and was done. Remember, God is described as the watchmaker in deism, the God who winds up the creation and then kind of walks away. Now, I'm not going to tell you where every denomination falls because there would be an element of that that people might not be comfortable with, but because I also don't think it's helpful because many of the mainline denominations, there's so much variance from one congregation to the next. It would be difficult to say, well, using my denomination, all Episcopalians fall in the same quadrant because they don't. You could actually find, I think, Episcopalians in all four quadrants. One of the interesting things about this article on parenting is that it said that all of the research points to the effectiveness of authoritative parenting style. This is the quadrant with high control, high support. Now, in the case of God, I interpret the word control as expectations. Does God have high expectations or low expectations? The authoritative style is a combination of high expectations and high support. Now, there are lots of different people who manage to live faithful, loving lives with their understanding of God's nature residing in all of these quadrants in this diagram. 
But for me, I think that the God I encounter in Scripture, and this is really uh, Dan telling you about his experience, his belief system, God I experience in Scripture has high expectations and then is offering high levels of support, affirmation, and love. Now, why does this matter? Well, first, let me say that over the years, I have counseled countless people who want a relationship with God, but who are put off by parental images. I remember talking to a woman who'd been abused by her father, and she didn't want to ever imagine her creator, ever imagine God as God the Father. That was terrifying to her. Look, all of these so-called parenting styles translate equally well to grandparenting styles, mentoring styles, coaching styles, teaching styles, or any other number of ways in which it could be used. So if parental images don't work for you, then use grandparent or teacher or coach. Pick some powerful, positive relationship you've had and use that as your image. I've also had people who don't, well, they've had rough lives and they don't have many positive powerful images from which they can choose. Okay, perhaps you don't have any. Then borrow someone else's. Pick a grandparent, a parent, a mentor, a teacher of someone else you have witnessed and use them as the image of how you understand and hope to experience God. Second, I find this continuum on which we can understand God's role to be really helpful. It's a helpful way to do some evaluation of our own relationship with our Creator. It's a helpful way to understand and evaluate sometimes our own faith community. Perhaps you attend and participate in a faith community that isn't working for you. This might give you some language, some framework to understand why. Look, in terms of my personal faith, I believe strongly that God offers us high support and also has high expectations about how we live. It might not be the same for you, but that's how I understand God. I really believe that. I don't always internalize it in the way that I think I should. So remembering it, reminding myself of it can be helpful to recalibrate, to redirect my faith when it occasionally, and it does occasionally, wanders into something that isn't healthy for me or the world around me. In the end, this entire podcast is really just a way to get you to think about one fairly simple question. What style that we've talked about here do you feel best describes God? That's all for today. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you get notified of future episodes. Also, you can find me on Facebook, YouTube. As I said, I'm going to post this chart on my Facebook page, so just look for SkyPilot FaithQuest on Facebook. Also, if you'd like to get in touch with me, my email address is dan at skypilot, that's S-K-Y-P-I-L-O-T dot zone, dan at skypilot dot zone. And as I said there as well, if you'd prefer not to go look on Facebook or don't know anything about that and you want to just send me an email and say, Dan, send me the chart, I'd be happy to send it to you. On your spiritual journey, may you ask questions, seek answers, and boldly go wherever the quest takes you. Thanks for listening to SkyPilot FaithQuest. I invite you to send me a question or leave a review. And remember, the sign of a strong faith, solid religion, or healthy spiritual journey is not certainty, but that you keep asking questions.